0: Outside of Yardin Garrison, Terry Morin didn't get a lot of production out of the freshman class last season, but could that change going into their sophomore years? You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. You are Locked on Hoosiers, the one and only daily IU podcast. We're part of the Locked on Network, your team every day. Appreciate all you guys for tuning in wherever that may be and making us your first listen, whether it's on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, or even over on YouTube. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. This episode's brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more Visit FanDuel slash Locked On today to get started. We talked about one member of IU's freshman class uh, on the women's side earlier this spring slash I guess we're into summer now, and Yarden Garzon. She obviously was a standout of that class, but there were three other players that the Hoosiers saw spot production from last season and Lexis Lily Meister, and Henna Sandvik. None of them really had standout seasons or really games, aside from one game that we'll talk about in a bit. Could that change? Let's first look back at each of their respective seasons. Start with Lexis Bargesser, who I think is the player who had the biggest impact. She ser- She played the most minutes. But even that was was minimal. 226 minutes on in 29 games last season, and those came in chunks. She would play uh, big minutes in blowout games, 20 minutes against UMass Lowell, 11 against Quinnipiac, uh, 23 against Nebraska, though that was because of injury to Grace Berger. That was right around then. A good chunk of her minutes came when Grace was out, uh, which was a big period for her, and where she really showed why she might be the one with the most promise of this group moving forward. Certainly got the most experience, certainly got the most minutes. In that six or seven game sample size, she played uh, 16 minutes per game and nothing too flashy. Three points, uh, 2.9 rebounds, 2.1 assists. Shot 66% from the field, but it was on minimal shots, only two per game. Uh, she only had, I mean, for seven games, she, you're only looking at, I was trying to do the quick math here, I think it's 15 attempts she had. It was, and 15 attempts. So, she shot well, but it just wasn't a big sample size. But it was in those games that she showed she could be something. And she could... Uh, play a bigger role moving forward. Once Grace got back, once the games, the intensity kind of amped up a bit. I mean, she was a freshman. Lexus was, all these, all these girls were, and the playing time dropped. Uh, she played a couple minutes and a couple blowout, or a couple big minute appearance and blowout games, and that's going to be the, the same for all of these girls, these ladies. But I think Lex, Lexus is the one that played in enough important games, especially at the start of big 10 play and didn't look out of her element or out of her depth. Uh, she played as well as you would expect a freshman guard to play, especially on a team as good as Indiana was. And I think she earned some of Terry Moore's trust along the way. And that's going to be big moving forward. It's kind of been limited sample size in recent years as the Hoosiers have gotten really good. It's not often that Terry Morin will play young players, big minutes, which I think probably also shows you how good uh, Yardin Garzon was last season, but you can go back to previous seasons uh, in which players haven't had big minutes You can look at someone like Chloe Moore McNeil, who is a very important player now. Her freshman season, she played 7.3 minutes for an IU team that made it to the Elite Eight. So it's not... You have to be really, really good to get minutes as a freshman for Terry Morin, but that, that means that there is a precedent for improvement, and I think that applies to each one of these ladies. Lily Meister was the one when I said there was... Only one person that really had a big standout game, and that was her in the NCAA tournament. Uh, She played 20 minutes against Tennessee Tech, 7 points, uh, 4 rebounds, 3 blocks. She's someone throughout the year. Her minutes may not have been big, and they weren't aside from the blowouts, but she would have moments where she was spelling McKenzie Holmes, where she would have a nice little and one or have an important offensive rebound or make a a big defensive play that didn't go unnoticed. And it's a big task to play behind McKenzie Holmes and McKenzie Holmes played a lot of minutes. There weren't a lot of minutes to be had playing behind her, but I, I think she showed a lot. There's also an argument for her being the one with the most potential moving forward. There's going to be big shoes to fill after this season. When McKenzie Holmes is off to the WNBA I think, and we'll talk about this in the next segment. The, there's certainly, a, I think, reason to believe Lily Meister could kind of adequately fill that role in the future. But she she showed a lot this season, a lot in limited minutes, which I think is important because it's hard to come in and play six minutes in a a Big Ten game uh, against an even even an Iowa and have some type of positive impact. But she was able to do that time and time again. And I think it will lead to more opportunities for her. The biggest question mark out of this freshman group is Henna Sandvik, who only played 151 minutes this season and really did not have any – a lot of her minutes came in non-conference play when the Hoosiers were blowing teams out. She did play in the UNC game, played 18 minutes – which was the most minutes and kind of the highest profile game she played. And she had a little stretch there where she played a good amount, played 26 minutes against Moorhead state, but then kind of entirely fell out of the rotation uh, later on after that. And really didn't play uh, once the new year turned over after that Moorhead state game in which she played those 26 minutes She played 16 games and averaged three minutes per game after that. So the minutes really disappeared for her. It's a lot of projection based a lot on very early season production. At six foot and a a player with international experience, there's reason to believe she certainly could make an impact, but it's really as much of a guessing game with her as it is with anyone else. Uh, on this roster because there just weren't a lot of moments for her. She wasn't someone that stood out negatively in any way. That UNC game, looking back to it, was one of the more memorable, memorable performances of the season for the Hoosiers because it came pretty much immediately after Grace Berger's injury and the way that the Hoosiers handled that game. But Sandvik played... 18 minutes off the bench in that one, which was more than anybody else for the Hoosiers. So there were flashes, there were moments, there was a time when it seemed like she had the trust of Terry Moore and not sure what changed. Maybe it was, again, simply the the competition level increased and it's hard to put freshmen in those scenarios. So this was a, a learning experience for a lot of these ladies jumping up to a team that was one of the best teams in the country and that was a huge jump for them they might not have been able to produce a lot their freshman seasons but could that change in their sophomore seasons i want to talk about that and kind of what some of the expectations will be for these ladies here in just one moment first let's talk about FanDuel, the sponsor of today's episode Take your first swing at betting on MLB or betting MLB on FanDuel uh, and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's up to $200 back. So just bet $20 and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. You don't even have to get the bet right, and you're going to get those bonus bets back. So you can bet on anything from the money line to an over under to who's going to hit the first home run. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus when you win, you get that money paid out instantly. There's no better place to bet on MLB than FanDuel. America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on official partner of Major League Baseball. Big thanks to you guys for making us your first listen every single day. Uh, every this week, we're going to look at the transfers, for certainly for basketball, maybe for football as well, and kind of look at what the potential could be. Could any of them be all-conference players this upcoming season? Uh, we'll take a look at all the transfers coming in. Maybe the recruits as well for men's basketball and get a sense of where they stack up in terms of the conference. So be on the lookout for that later this week. Let's talk expectations for this group because uh, with with someone like Gears on who we mentioned, she has, I earnestly think, star level potential and she showed a lot this season again, it's a lot more kind of projecting and maybe educated guesses when it comes to the rest of these women, because they just don't have as much sample size to go off of as much tape to go off of. What I think is interesting is that there were no transfers brought in this uh, off season in these respective positions. They weren't, It wasn't so bad that Terry Morin said, oh, I got to go get somebody else because these people can't hack it. The backcourt, nobody came in. Sandvik and Bargasser still are going to have opportunities there. They're going to be competing with the freshmen, Lene Beaumont, Jules Lamandola. But again, we just discussed how rare it is for freshmen to come in right away and make an impact. Again, on a team that's going to be really good this upcoming season, I think in some regards that signals some faith at uh, at them being uh, kind of contributors next season. Now they did, uh, Terry Morin did bring in a big in Courage Elks who could potentially take minutes away from Meister, but I don't think so specifically. We'll start with Meister. I think she showed a lot at the end of the season. And I think the timing of that performance in the NCAA tournament Will do well to send her into the offseason with a lot of momentum. Playing in that game and performing as she did. Now we mentioned they bring in Curry Jelks. Does that mean fewer minutes for Meister next season? It could. What I think could happen next season. Is IU's going to look to keep McKenzie Holmes fresh at the end of the year. This is two years in a row now where Holmes has had her knee injury flare up at some point during the season. And she went into the tournament, not a hundred percent. And if IU is going to have a tournament run in them, Holmes has to be a hundred percent. So IU went hard after the big 10 tournament or big 10 title this season. Rightfully so you have a talented group. You do that. And I'm not saying don't do that this season But I do wonder if the expectations or the goals of this team maybe shift a little bit. You can go after the Big Ten title, but maybe there's a little more focus on tournament success and kind of long-term, big-picture stuff. And maybe instead of playing McKenzie Holmes 30 minutes per game as they did this season, and in Big Ten play, it was 33 minutes per game. Maybe instead of doing that, you bring that down to 28 minutes a game and you give five more minutes to Curry Jelks to Lily Meister, and you bring some of that burden on her down so that once a tournament rolls around, maybe you amp it back up to 33, 34 minutes a game. But she's fresher. She's able to, to do that. And Lily Meister is someone that you can place in there for more minutes and still find production. And so I think... I think there could be a, a, a path for Meister to play next season. What I think it might be even bigger is kind of the, the long-term approach of, I don't want to call her kind of the heir apparent to uh, McKenzie Holmes or someone to fill those shoes, but because that's going to be impossible, but somebody has to play that position after McKenzie Holmes and Meister looks like someone who could very much fill that role uh in the coming years. So I think continuing to kind of prepare her for that bigger role is going to be one of the focuses for uh this coaching staff and for her this upcoming season. Lexis is someone that again she played the most minutes of any of these women last season. I think she's someone that can come in and kind of help fill the hole left by Grace Berger. We mentioned when we did the, the Grace Burger podcast at You Every Dayers will remember it's not going to be one person that's going to come in and replace everything Grace left there are various aspects that you are going to replace by committee and I think Bargesser could be someone that could do some of the more some more ball handling and be more of a a point guard on this team next season and I'll leave some of that burden. We mentioned Chloe Moore, McNeil, Sarah Scalia are certainly going to do that. I wouldn't be surprised if Garza or er, a little, does a little bit more of that, but I think Bargister's role will increase this upcoming season. I think this is a really deep Indiana team, if I'm being honest. So it's going to be interesting to see how much depth Terry Moore uses because I, just about everybody on this roster can play. Now, some of them are freshmen. Some of them are kind of seldom used backups. But you're looking at a roster that's 10, 11 people deep uh, if the freshmen play. And I think Bargesser can obviously be one of those people. Uh, she can help with some of those point guard duties. She's going to be competing for minutes with a number of people I mean, Scalia and Chloe Moore McNeil are going to play a lot next season, but you also have LaMondola and Lene Beaumont, the two freshmen, very, very talented freshmen coming in that uh, could see roles as well next season. But Bargeser is the one that I think showed the most overall over the course of this season for the Hoosiers. She was the one that certainly seemed to have the trust of terry moore in the most this season so we'll see if that leads itself to a bigger role this upcoming season henna sandvik is the one that i'm not entirely certain what her role is going to be uh, next season she only played 151 minutes this year which is uh only Alyssa geary played fewer and sandvik only featured in 23 games she just wasn't a, a big part of this Uh, rotation in any way after really once big 10 play got started. She didn't really factor into it. So it's really hard to to kind of predict or project what her role is going to be. She's another guard that could theoretically handle some of the ball hand or take care of some of the ball handling duties. Um, And again, she's someone like Garzon that has that international experience. She's a talented player. I just don't really know. It's hard to say what her role is going to be because it was such an inconsistent or non-existent one, if I'm being honest last season. So it'll be interesting if she's able to carve out some minutes. And if she does, does it come at the expense of Lexis Bargister? Those two are kind of competing against one another in some regards. Maybe this is just a long-term approach. Indiana has a lot of talent uh, leaving over the next two seasons between Scalia, Chloe Moore McNeil, and Sidney Parrish. There's a lot of holes that are going to be opening up after these next two seasons. Maybe it's just kind of a long-term kind of preparing these players to step into those roles and make it a bit of a, a seamless transition. We'll see how it goes. In the era of the transfer portal, it's hard not to look at this roster and think that there may be a transfer after this season, um, that's a lot of projection. And that's just me trying to do the math on how you play so many guards, so many minutes. And we'll see. I mean, Terry Moore might be able to balance it, but it's going to be an interesting battle for all these guards, including Lexus and Sandvik uh, next season and how they get minutes uh, in a very crowded backcourt. So it'll be fascinating to watch to see if either of these two women are able to step up and grab hold of some of those minutes next season. I mean, there are uh, 32 per game up for grabs that Grace Berger left. So that's a lot of minutes that both of these women could grab and play bigger roles next season. It'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Let's finish today looking at Summer League which starts today. Three Hoosiers are going to be playing in it. We'll let you know when and what their roles should be uh, over the next couple of weeks in the NBA Summer League. We'll do all that here in a moment. NBA Summer League kicks off tonight, not with the Vegas Summer League, but with the California Classic, which is going to feature two of the three Hoosiers who are playing in the NBA this upcoming season. The Lakers and Warriors both play tonight. The Lakers will play at 6 p.m. on ESPN2. The Warriors will play at 10 p.m. on ESPN. And then both of them play on Wednesday uh, as well. Then this weekend is when the Vegas Summer League starts, which is the big one, uh, the one I'm sure most you guys are more familiar with. Starts with a bang for Hoosier fans, because on Friday, the Warriors play the Lakers. Jalen is going to play Trace Jackson Davis on Friday. Uh, And then the Knicks are going to factor in here with Race Thompson as well. He doesn't play either the the Lakers or Warriors, so that's going to be the only cross match. Though there is potential, uh, after they play four games, there's like one quote-unquote playoff game. So they could they could play one another in that, but uh, right now on the schedule, it's, the Lakers and Warriors is the only matchup between uh, two IU players. So let, what roles are these guys going to play? Well, Jalen Huchofino is going to start. He's going to feature heavily for the Lakers. Anybody who's a lottery pick or a, a first-round pick as high as he is is going to start. He's going to be the starting point guard. Uh, he's going to have the ball in his hands a fair amount. The Lakers have another point guard that was on a two way roster spot for them last season, but he's not this season. They have a lot more invested in Jalen hood, Shafino than they do any other point guard on the roster. So that ball is going to be in his hands a whole lot during summer league, whether tonight, whether Wednesday, whether Friday, whether in Vegas, He's going to get a lot of reps. So if you guys want to see him play, just tune into a Lakers summer league game because he's going to be playing. Uh, trace is actually pretty similar despite being the 57th pick in the draft. You look at the Warriors summer league roster and there's not a lot of talent on there. To be honest, they had two draft picks this year and those are the only two guys, uh, drafted that are going to be on the roster i believe Uh, i took a quick glance i didn't look but i mean those two are far and away i think the most talented players on the roster for the warriors so i would imagine there's a lot invested in them to play a lot of minutes this upcoming two weeks summer league will run through the 14th so uh over the next two weeks It's going to be a lot of playing time for Trace, I would imagine. I'm interested to see if he's actually going to shoot threes. It's obviously the talking point. There was obviously video of him doing it at the Combine. It sounded like he was doing it for teams and workouts. Is he actually going to do it in games? Because that's going to change a lot for his trajectory as an NBA player. The Knicks have not announced a summer league roster yet, though they don't play in the California classic. They don't play until Saturday. So there isn't as much of a hurry for them to announce a roster, but they didn't have any draft picks like their, their summer league roster is going to be pretty barren, which might be why race picked them. It's actually probably why race picked them to go play for them because there's a lot more opportunity to showcase yourself. It's not like the Lakers or Warriors where they have players that they drafted that they have on two-way deals that they are going to invest more in them than other players. Uh, that's not what is going to be the case here with the Knicks. It's, it's kind of more of a open showcase and guys that are going to play well are going to get to play more. So I think that's probably why he chose the Knicks and he's certainly going to get a chance to play. Without knowing the roster, I don't know if he's going to start. I, I I would say I'd be surprised if he was, but the roster could be... I don't know what the roster could look, look like. I'll, I'll be interested to see his three-point shot and whether he plays potentially as kind of a small ball center. If he's strictly a power forward, what he looks like in the NBA game because he's either going to have to play center or have a three-point shot to have any kind of future in the NBA outside of maybe the G League. So I'll be interested to see what kind of changes he might have made to his game since we last saw him play. But I'm excited to watch these guys play tomorrow night. Uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. And over the next two weeks, it's basketball we get to watch. And there's a a lot of games with IU players. IU, uh, Indiana basketball tweeted out a graphic that has all the games over the next – uh, two weeks, what, uh, who's playing, what time they play, where they're going to be playing at. All the games will be televised. They might be on really late. Warriors and Lakers is on at 11 PM. So maybe record that one and watch it the next day. But all these games are going to be televised. It'll be lots of time to watch trace Jalen and race this summer. I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see these guys play and see if they can What kind of roles they can carve out in the NBA. It's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Thanks as always guys for making locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Every day is again this week on the show. We're going to look at the transfers, the newcomers on the basketball team, and maybe dip our toes a little bit into the football team as well and see how they stack up. Are these all conference potential guys? Are they quality starter guys? Are they bench warmer guys? We'll take a look at all that and see Uh, what's in store for these newcomers on the basketball court and on the football field. Uh, We'll do that in this week's episode. So be sure you guys are tuned in. Follow us on Twitter. If you haven't already subscribe, you know how much that helps us Uh, whether on Spotify, your podcast app or over on YouTube, you guys can subscribe there as well. Leave a rating and review all of that great stuff. As always guys, hope you have a great Monday. Everybody stay safe over the 4th of July weekend. Most importantly, LEO.